Hey, this is Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers. At times, life can feel scary and we can get overwhelmed by anxiety. Mindfulness can help you get through these tough times. My nonprofit is partnering with Headspace to offer free content to help you stress less. It's as easy to do as this. Take a big, deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. In and out. Head to kevinlovefun.org slash headspace and be kind to your mind. It's time to go inside the three. A product of JJM Media and produced by Anchor and Spotify Podcasts, our three analysts cover the latest news and games regarding the NFL and football in general. This podcast is not affiliated with the NFL in any form and should not be reproduced in any form without the expressed written approval from JJM Media. Don't plan on not knowing the latest that goes around football. Join us as we go Inside Three. Welcome inside the three, Jake, JT, Mark, joining you once again, episode four of our weekly podcast. And I know it may be hard to believe that we do a weekly podcast, but I do. I'll take credit. Um, I apologize for not getting out the episode sooner um, or just, you know, not producing episodes the past few weeks. Things have been rough with school and everything going on in the world. Uh, Add on to everything that's already going on, but we're back. Uh, We just had, it's been a crazy week in football and we decided that this can't be a week that we miss. Um, So Guys, we're glad to you know glad to be here once again. We're a few days shy of Thanksgiving, uh, which not only means a day full of turkey and naps, but it also means a full day of football. Three games. We'll talk about them later. But right now, I want to talk about the game that we just saw. We were recording this on um, well, just eclipsing midnight, transitioning from Monday, November twenty third to Tuesday, November twenty fourth. Uh, where TB12 went down again, this time at the hands of the Los Angeles Rams, Jared Goff and the offense coming out in actually, you know, handing another loss. Uh, lots of things. Brady, um, I'll take credit for uh, a prediction that we had in our group chat. Uh, we were trying to predict Brady's last drive. Um, Mark said that Tom Brady was going to Gronk and they'd win or just going to Gronk at all. I said Brady was going to try to force it to Antonio Brown and he'd get picked. Didn't get the person who he was aiming for right, but I did get that right that he got picked, which pretty much like story of, you know, Tom Brady's career in Tampa Bay so far. So let's crack open a few beers and crack open the conversation uh, for this or for tonight's game. Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Rams. Um, part Personally, I think this may be, you know, a little thing of a too much talent on one team. Um, so there might be a little bit of confusion, but I'm going to hand things off over to JT. What's your take on the game and, uh, how are you, how do you react to what you saw from, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight? Honestly, the way I react to the way, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, played tonight is that right now you need to take advantage of pretty much everything that's going on in the NFC South, because right now you have, and something we'll be touching on a little bit. You have Drew Brees down. You have the Saints best quarterback well obviously best player in my opinion on roster down Um, and he's not projected to come back potentially until playoffs so right now oh and I want to bring up a stat that actually was very interesting to me Brady's never made the playoffs as a wild card he's always made it as a division winner and and for Brady these are the type of games that you're going to have to win because these are going to be potential NFC matchups that you're going to be facing if the playoffs ended right now, I'm pretty sure the seeds would have been would be flipped right now because of the fact that Rams are seven and three and Patriot or so he's saying Brady on the uh, box. 
Bucks, but uh, Bucks would be seven and four, and I'm pretty sure those records were flipped. But honestly, it, again, for Brady, this is going to be a matchup that they need to start winning. And honestly, it, it was a disappointment if you're a Tampa Bay fan. And honestly, if you're a if you're a Rams fan, this kind of came about say two years too late. Uh, hmm. Mark, I'm I'm lost for words here. What? Give us your take on it. I mean, lost for words is right. This game was definitely a lot close than a uh, people really wanted to make it out. Uh, listen, there were some couple interesting stats that I found as I'm going through here as we're getting now the all the stats coming in at the end of the game here. If we go ahead and, and we look at the overall stats, right? Total yards and total passing yards for the Bucks. Total yards coming at 251 for total yards, passing yards 209, rushing yards 42. Averaging of 3.7. For the LA Rams, total yards of 413. 376 of that was passing. 37 was rushing. And then average of 5.8 yards as well. And then time of possession difference as well. 33 minutes and 13 seconds for the Rams. uh, Followed up by 26 minutes and 47 seconds for the Bucks. It's also interesting, if we go over to the defense as well, we were talking about the defensive matchup for the Rams. uh, Defense special teams, two interceptions on 24 uh, points, obviously. If we take a look at Brady's performance thus far, he's definitely had patches and he's had hot streaks. And you, you could say the same with the Rams. I mean, heck, the Rams lost to a Miami Dolphins team coming off the bye week starting Tua. That's something that they, they should have not lost there. Um, however, uh, with the Rams win, this definitely keeps them in contention for the playoffs in their division with Seattle there being a hot team. And you have the Arizona Cardinals there as well. That division is still really hot right now. So L.A. really needed this Ram. For Tampa Bay, they really couldn't afford this loss. I mean, this is the team that you could potentially see later on down the road. Um, and and you choke and you had the home field advantage. Uh, yeah, there were some things that you could have fixed in game. I, I really think that the defense for the Bucks really did a very good job at stopping the run on – for the Rams, but with that, when they were able to do that, they left their secondary wide open for the passing receivers and, and the intermittent area as well. Um, hopefully that's something they could prove on. If they get into the playoffs, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the, not only the stats part, but you also mentioned where the rankings stand. And right now for the NFC West, it's still wide open. Um, in my opinion, I mean, the Rams are on the rise. You mentioned how they won against, or they lost against the dolphins whenever they started, uh, um, Tua. So, I mean, they're, it's more of a toss up with them, but uh, the one commonality I see between both teams is that they both have pretty easy schedules. Uh, the box, maybe not so much, but I think the Rams, you know, if you were to compare apples to oranges, I think the Rams have a bit of an easier schedule, but nonetheless, it's still pretty open for the Bucks. I mean, they go against the chiefs here uh, next week, obviously a tough, tough matchup. Then they, you go against the Vikings who you're, I mean, Kirk cousins somehow is escaping these. And now I believe they're still, they're now even up at 500. So that's, that's a shocker. So that could go either way. Um, but I mean, they're still on oh no, I believe they went to five and six, uh, but either way, they're still on the rise when it comes, you know, in, in terms of victory speaking, then they play the Falcons twice and the lions, the two or, you know, three games there right there that they could win the Rams. They play the jets, uh, the Patriots, the 49ers who are kind of losing their grip, the Cardinals twice who are, are a coin toss. So you mentioned the standings and I think that everything's still 
pretty much wide open, but it all comes down to who comes out, who comes out the plate. Are we going to see a Jared Goff who's fueled by, you know, motivation to win and, you know, seeing that they're closing in on a playoff picture, or do we see the Rams that, you know, showed up to play against Miami where they got trounced by a rookie quarterback? Uh, It's a toss up each week, but I'm glad that you mentioned that because, you know, these, these, these standings are still wide open across, you know, league wide. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see them closing in on these final thoughts for this game. um, It's hard to determine. You can't really pinpoint which area for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is their weak point. Um, If you ask me, I I think Brady's losing his touch a little bit. I think he's trying to force passes whenever he doesn't really need to. Um, O-line may have a little bit of trouble because Brady was hurried how many times he was nearly sacked how many times. Uh, or you blame the defense for allowing, you know, Jared Goff to steamroll you. It's, it's, it's a question. Uh, but in my opinion, Goff is still not an elite quarterback. And I think they're going to be, you know, there's going to be a question mark at the position for years to come. And I don't think we're going to see the Rams make the Super Bowl. They might make the playoffs, but I don't, I think the Super Bowl is out of their question for a while until they get a, a solid quarterback back there. Um, but enough of that game. Uh, it was a definitely a good competitive matchup. Rams obviously winning that one. Um, now let's go to our games of the week segment. Uh, who do we think? Uh, oh, let's, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm like screwing up here. Um, I had the wrong notes down looking at the itinerary. Now uh, let's go next to another big story. Uh, this one's going to tie into another one later on. Uh, Taysom Hill got the start for uh, the new Orleans saints this past week. Um, normally, you know, a gadget player who fits in anywhere you can, uh, but this week got the call to start at quarterback. His first, essentially a rookie in that position, in the words of Pat McAfee, um, did pretty well, I'd say. Um, honestly, I wouldn't say he had a good game. I said he had a great game. Uh, he was the pass and rushing leader. He was 18 to 23 for 233 passing yards, 10 rushes, 51 yards, and two rushing to touchdowns. A fantasy legend for this week, uh, with spe- especially with all the owners using him in the loophole, putting him in the tight end spot. Um, me being one of those people. Um, I think he had a very good game uh, coming in for the injured Drew Brees. We'll touch on the injuries to him and a few other quarterbacks later, but I want to get your guys' initial thoughts on Taysom Hill and his performance this past week, starting with JT. Honestly, Jake, you said it best. Honestly, this was a phenomenal game. If you're a Saints fan, this is a phenomenal game. If you're just anyone in general. Oh, who loves a good game of football. And really, the, the funny thing is, you look at Taysom Hill, oh, and I believe this is a guy who was drafted, oh, what, like in the fifth round, if I'm right, something like that. This is a guy who came out of college, and everybody's saying he's just going to be playing fiddles to uh, Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater or whoever they throw back there. Everybody was actually expecting – here's a fun fact, and I'm pretty sure the three of us can attest to this. I'm one of them. Um, everybody was saying Jameis was going to get the start this week. But then Sean Payton turns around and says, no, here's my middle finger. Sit on it and twist. I'm starting Taysom Hill. This says a lot for me about Sean Payton and his – coaching style and the way that he's also going to be running this New Orleans offense. I personally think that uh, really with Taysom Hill behind center is a phenomenal move because of the fact that he's getting snaps that he should have been getting a long time ago, but he wasn't because of Bridgewater and whoever was backing him up. But the other thing this does is it allows Sean Payton to, in a sense, work a two-man system 
for quarterback. If he wants to throw out Taysom Hill at cornerback, or excuse me, at, at wide receiver, tight end, or halfback, he can do that and throw Jameis Winston, who's had plenty of experience behind center. Or, and it, it'll be a great decoy in a sense for him um, as well, because if, if he throws out that decoy with Taysom Hill, you don't know if he's going to get the ball because you you're like, it's a quarterback. There's no way. And again, fantasy owners, you're loving this because for the first time, I think in NFL history, we had a quarterback, we had a position player who had quarterback and tight end on his regimen. Honestly, they, they should just switch his entire thing to utility. And you should be able to play Taysom Hill wherever the hell you want to. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, he, he's an unbelievable athlete, and I think he's actually unbelievable. And in terms of his start, take away that one um, fumble he lost. But honestly, you look around Lee at who's fumbled this year. I think we can. Uh, I I think we can take away for one fumble. Oh, other than that, great game for Taysom Hill. Did fantastic. Honestly, can't wait to see what he does next week. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um... You know, I can't really disagree. Um, I think that he definitely has that potential. Um, Mark, what's your take on Taysom Hill or Taysom Hill uh, pretty much getting a rare opportunity being a position player who has quarterback experience um, and absolutely lighting it up on the field uh, at home, especially uh, on Sunday? Well, just like you, Jake, I did a uh, use that loophole this week to get me some extra points in my fantasy team. Uh, which actually totaled 24.42 in traditional fantasy rosters. And in my opinion, if we take a look at Jameis Winston here, who was the other um, option to start at quarterback this week. And in my opinion, this goes to show Sean Payton's confidence level in Jason, uh, excuse me, in a uh, Jameis Winston. If to start Taysom Hill, I mean, yes, he's facing a a weaker opponent, although it's a divisional rival in the Atlanta Falcons. You're, you're essentially trying to build out now just in case Drew Brees can't come back in time for playoffs and, and make that run. This is a great point of time to work in uh, Taysom Hill and see what he can do with this offense fully unleashed, no matter if he's at quarterbacking it, no matter where he's tight end or wide receiver as usual, being a gadget player or stuff like that. You can actually get to see now J, uh, um, Taysom Hill's full potential here. And, and like I said before, this to me speaks to a level of concern of where Sean Payne does not have the confidence level that you would think he would have Jason went, or excuse me, with uh, Jameis Winston um, to where at this time last year, if that was Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, I think would have been starting. Um, so I think that that's very interesting. We'll see if that plays into it later on down the road, but I, I think this was a brilliant move by Payton. And uh, let's, let's also give the defense here some credit as well. The defense did one heck of a job here for the saints this week against Atlanta. And if they can have that defense rolling going into the latter half of this uh, second half of the season and into the playoffs, Saints can be a very dangerous team to face. Yeah, um, I want to touch especially on the respect that Sean Payton has um, utilizing the dual threat capabilities that Taysom Hill has. Um, I do want to ask, I want to pose this question though. So yes, Taysom Hill had a very impressive performance instead of the defense. But let's look on the opposite end, who they were facing. They faced the Atlanta Falcons, who we all know are not the greatest team in the world. Does that have an effect on Taysom's good game, or you think he's going to have you know repeat performances down the road, or was it all you know just you know a fluke considering who they were playing? Honestly, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say it's actually, in my opinion, it's not because in a sense, 
and, and I don't know how many times this phrase gets thrown around football, but anything can happen on any given Sunday. Okay. And, and I feel like that's probably one of the best phrases we'll say all year, simply because of the fact that anything can happen. And, and let's be realistic. In my opinion, Atlanta doesn't have a bad defense. And in my opinion, they just have a shitty coach coaching staff. And that's honestly, that, that's been my thing with Atlanta for the longest time is the fact that it's not the players. It's not the, it, it's not the defense. It's not the offense in a way it, it's, it's the coaching staff. F. And honestly, it, you look at the rest of New Orleans schedule well, as well. Well, they, they honestly, <laughs> it, it doesn't get easier. Next week, they got the Broncos. Then they got to do it again against the Falcons. And, and then they go Eagles, Chiefs, Vikings. And then they wrap everything up with Carolina. Uh, personally, I think that's a great way to end up in the season. And honestly, that Kansas City game is going to tell me a lot about what Taysom Hill is going to be bringing to the playoffs because we, we wouldn't be remiss if we didn't say that the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs weren't a favorite to go to the Super Bowl all this year. So really, in my opinion, in, especially with this being a division rival, well, I, I don't think that everybody should say, you know, because of the team, even that, you know, he had a uh, a great performance and we should downplay it. I think that, honestly, it was a division rival. It was a team that, honestly, he has thrived against New Orleans in the past. And this week just came up short. And, again, they get to do it again in two weeks. So, Atlanta's definitely going to be making some uh, some adjustments. Mark, do you share JT's opinion, or do you have a counter opinion? I don't know. I mean, you could you could say, yeah, the the defense of Atlanta is is still something to be reckoned with. Although you really start to see how teams, especially utilizing a more flexible quarterback, whether it's a run runner or getting out of the pocket stuff like that, seem to really thrive against defenses, especially if they're not paying attention or sleeping. Um, if we just take a look, take a look at the quarterback stats. Matt Ryan, for example, threw 232 yards with two interceptions, right? And if we go back to Taysom Hill here, Taysom Hill threw 233 yards, so one more yard and a fumble. But he backs it up with 10 rushing attempts for 51 yards and two touchdowns. That's the difference of this game is Taysom Hill being able to use his legs unlike Matt Ryan, who's not able to. Yes, we have to understand in, in context here that Matt Ryan is a pocket quarterback and he operates from the pocket. But with that said as well, he's operating from the pocket. you got to be able to account and make up for the difference that Taysom Hill was able to bring to this game. The Atlanta Falcons were not able to do that. That's a very interesting take. And I think you've, you know, for those naysayers, I think you've kind of swayed their opinion just based on that alone. Um, I I don't try to downplay it at all, but we got to, you know, we're trying to, you know, be, we're trying to look from both sides here and, you know, pose any hypotheticals. I'm not trying to downplay uh, Taysom Hill or look for any downplaying at all of his ability. He's got great skills. I'm not going to lie. I just wanted to make sure, you know, that we covered our asses and didn't seem like we were all biased toward Taysom Hill. Um, even though, in my opinion, mark it down for the hot take <laughs> pretty much of the future, but I think he's going to turn out better than Lamar Jackson did because I don't think he's a one-year wonder. But we're going to move on to the absolute next. We're going to tie it in. Um, Taysom Hill filling in for Drew Brees, who was out with multiple rib fractures and other uh, other injuries. Um, he was just one fill-in, um, but 
we had a few more injuries this past week. Um, one of them being, you know, obviously the big story, Joe Burrow, number one draft pick for the Bengals. Uh, he's out. And this is actually an interesting factoid here. Every first round pick from the Bengals, I believe since 2015, maybe longer, has gotten hurt and missed significant time in their rookie season. So Burrow's gone. And then you have Nick Foles, who was pretty much like, you know, rising the rank at, in, in uh, Chicago, trying to find that starter status. He also went down as well. So not a good look for the Bengals or the Bears. Um, I mean, what's the spell for pretty much every team going forward? We're going to exclude the Saints from this because we just spent a whole segment talking about Taysom Hill and what, you know, the Saints could do there. But looking at the Bears and the Bengals, JT, we'll start with you. Um, what do you see from both teams going forward? Um, do we see potential tanking from the Bengals again? Do the Bears even reach the playoffs or are they even just going to look out from the outside um, going forward the rest of the season? I mean, it. <laughs> This is where it gets tough, simply because of the fact that it's, for the AFC, it's simple. Or for the NFC, and it, it's two completely different divisions as well. Oh, I'll, I'll start off with the Bears, because why not? For the Bears, it's a case of, I, I've said it for the past two years since Aaron Rodgers has been back, and ever since the Bears did win. If the Bears want to take a shot at this, it's going to have to be their defense. There's no way you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers on offense. It's all right. But when it comes down to a defensive matchup, it has to be the, you know, your defense. <gasps> oh, excuse me. Your defense facing off against, you know, Green Bay's defense and getting that one-upsmanship. This week, this is kind of, depending on how you look at it, the good news for the Bears and their fans is that you have Mitch Trubisky. Now, a lot of Bear fans, you're cringing at that, but hey, Look at it like this. Is Trubisky's actually had snaps under center this season. Obviously, he's he's not going to be any Nick Foles. However, Trubisky, if Trubisky can actually pull out some of that miracle he had a couple of years ago, oh, well, the Bears can definitely make a run for the playoffs. However, looking at the competition they have, have to go up against and looking at who they have to catch up, up with, the sixth seed is the L.A. Rams. And after the Rams' performance tonight, honestly, look out because it's it's going to be something else to see. And you also have the Cardinals who are absolutely surging as well. So this week you got to pay attention to – or if you're a Bears fan, you're sitting middle pack right now. You don't know what to do. See how these next couple weeks go for you who see how everything goes. Your schedule is actually pretty favorable. Well, if you think about it, could you go to Detroit? Wait, well, you got the Packers, speaking of them. Um, you got the Packers this week. Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jags, Hags, and then you face the Packers to end the season. See how everything goes. Who knows? Maybe that week, week 17 matchup is going to be where all starters are off the table. Well, and the Packers need to rest Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? Even though Aaron Rodgers doesn't take a day off. off. But, again, you never know. And then as for the Bengals, I, I'd say this is something that, that – that stat gets me, Jake. The stat that you brought up, up. And if you're a first-round pick going to Cincinnati, you are just saying, do not draft me, please. But uh, for Joe Burrow, for me, it, it's simple. And there's two things I'm going to touch on. One – 
it's obviously going to affect his rookie of the year award and everything like that. And obviously it, he was going to win it no matter what. But for me, the first real test is going to come um, in uh, – is going to come in four weeks for the Bengals. And and this sucks that he went down because I honestly – I was looking forward to that uh, Sunday game matchup against the Dolphins, Burrow against Tua. So I was looking to honestly sit down, crack a beer, and watch that one. But for me, like I said, the first test for this one comes in four weeks, Monday – Hey, the 21st, I believe that is going to be week 15. You get the Steelers that week. You got to figure something out because Pittsburgh absolutely ran over you who literally two weeks ago. You need to figure something out. Well, technically a week ago. You need to figure something out uh, and figure something out quick because Pittsburgh's going to be coming into that game hot, whether it's, it's after this week or whenever. But Pittsburgh's going to be coming into that game hot and you need to batten down the hatches. Yeah, that's going to be a big, uh, a, a very tough competition. I'm looking here on the Bengals' depth chart, and they got Ryan Finley starting at quarterback. Mark, do you think Finley can get the job done going forward, or is he just, you know, just a patsy until Burrow can come back next season? Uh, he's just a holder, in my opinion. Um, listen, if, if Burrow was in next week for the Giants, I would give the Cincinnati a good chance. Two is going to be down there, or Fitzmagic for for Miami when they come to on week 13. Dallas on 14. Dallas is going to roll with that one. Pittsburgh is not a question on that one. They finish it with Houston, Baltimore. Um, Finley and and Brandon Allen now just got signed off of a uh, free agency now for the Bengals. Uh, They're definitely holders. Obviously, Joe Burrow is definitely a young talent coming in the league. And uh, now you have yet another gruesome quarterback injury. Um, You had Dak Prescott earlier. Now you got this one. He's out with a torn ACL, MCL. And to back that up, he has a damaged PCP as well. So the estimated recovery time for Joe Burrow is not anytime soon, nine to 12 months at the earliest, um, which means he could actually miss the entire uh, next year, uh, which is kind of scary, to be honest. I mean, yeah, you had Alex Smith in this game who came back from a really gruesome injury that was similar to both Dak and a uh, Burrow here. And he actually won the game and, and he looked fantastic out there doing it. But to see to see this is is really really disheartening, uh, especially getting all these injuries that keep getting worse and worse. And we touched that touched on that earlier. Jumping over to Chicago, real quick, Mitchell Trubisky is actually still out right now. Uh, Chicago just had a week eleven bye, but Trubisky is out with a shoulder injury, um, so he's not ready to go anytime soon. Tyler Bray is going to be the uh, uh, backup available if Nick Foles can't come in. But according to Matt Nagy uh, on a recent ESPN interview. He said that a uh, with Nick Foles' hip, he said he actually should be uh, back for the next game for Week 12 against Green Bay. Um, he said that Foles should not need to spend a stint on the IR. Um, however, uh, the backup will be Tyler Bray for Nick Foles there in Chicago. Um, with that said, though, Tyler Bray didn't look too bad when he came in um, for that a, a relief appearance there in Chicago. Uh, but he's definitely not a uh, not a starter, number one quarterback. He's definitely a backup. But yep. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams play out. I'm looking at the back on the Bengals depth chart, just looking back over this, and this is absolutely astounding to me. You guys ready for to hear this interesting factoid? Not only is Joe Burrow on the IR, but we also he also joins one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other Bengals on the IR right now. Four of them are on um, 
four of them, including Burrow on the IR for offense right now. He joins Joe Mixon, John Ross, and CJ Zoma. So that's four key players on offense right there that the Bengals absolutely need in order to, you know, look somewhat strong on offense. So, I mean, this is just, if you're the Bengals, you just got to be questioning, like, when are we going to be granted some mercy here? Like, what are we going to do? I, I, I mean, I, as an AFC North fan for the Steelers, I actually feel sympathy for them just because of how bad this situation is getting for them. You lose your number one draft pick from the year before, who was pretty much guaranteed to lead you guys to the promised land just because of his pure athletic ability. But because of your weak offensive line, he gets absolutely squashed each game. I'm actually shocked he hasn't been like seriously hurt earlier. Um, but nonetheless, we wish him and Nick Foles and obviously Drew Brees the best and going forward. Um, it's going to be a long recovery road for Burrow, especially considering he, I don't know how you do that, tearing your ACL and MCL along with other injuries. Well, that is hard to do. So, oh, man, that's, it's a rough spot for the Bengals, but um, injury bug running through the NFL here. Um, let's, let's go to the um, upcoming games for Turkey day. There are three on the uh, agenda for the NFL. First game, Houston and Detroit. Detroit always getting that Thanksgiving slot, as well as Washington versus Dallas in the uh, 425 game slot. And then to wrap it all off in prime time is a beautiful matchup. Baltimore-Pittsburgh, AFC North rivalry, uh, referencing that again. That one's going to be interesting to me. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But first, let's start off with Houston and Detroit. Um, this one is a little we have three comp, tough comp or three tough competitive games to look over guys um so jt let's start with you How, what should we expect from houston and detroit uh honestly i'm gonna say it like this it's it's gonna be a quarterback showdown on to say the least of two of my opinion two in my opinion two guys who have been underlooked this season in terms of quarterbacks x and it's it for the rest of the season might as well just put it down there this is just going to be a showing out for J.J. Watt uh, for the offseason and showing teams what his trade value is going to be, even though we have an idea as to where he's going to want to go. Oh, cough, cough, Pittsburgh, just throwing out a name. <laughs> but uh, for me, this Houston-Detroit game is going to be – it's going to be phenomenal. At 12 o'clock on CBS, as I believe this is the CBS game, right? Hey, probably because – sure. Yep. Yeah. CBS game so th this is going to be a great game and and for me Detroit's luck on Thanksgiving has not been the best but then again for this season luck hasn't really been the word for Houston either has it so um for this game I I wouldn't be surprised if we get at our first game no pun intended if the Thursday night or Thursday games kick off with a overtime game and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Watson and the Texans actually pull this one out. But I think Will Fuller has a great game. I think that, uh, honestly, I, I honestly think Duke Johnson has a pretty good game. And D-Watt just proves that, you know, he he also might be out there in that trading block come the postseason. So go ahead, give me uh, Houston in this one over Detroit. All right. So JT's going uh, Houston. Uh, Mark, what about you? There is one time every year where I become a Detroit Lions fan for just one day, and that's Thanksgiving. And that's consistent for every single year, and that's consistent on every turkey day. Listen, D Detroit's defense obviously has done a little bit this year, which has been very interesting. If you look over the games that they've played so far, the 10 games they had week, uh, week five by week, if we count up the interceptions here, 
seven interceptions, right? And you have three fumble recoveries. I mean, that's not anything to, to, to laugh at. That's significant. Your defense is able to help contribute and get your uh, offense uh, more possessions, more time on the field, and more uh, chances to score. If we run over to uh, Houston Texans defense, of course, they're ranked in the bottom. Uh, we were talking at the beginning of the year how Dallas had that rightful position of being at the bottom of the NFL. Well, now the other Texans team has got to pick it, uh, pick up the slack. Um, for me, yeah, I agree with JT. You're going to see a quarterback show between Deshaun Watson and Stafford. But if we're going to look for a difference maker, for me, it's going to be the Detroit Lions defense. I'm taking Detroit in this game. Ooh, starting off playing peacemaker already. You know, both of you present interesting arguments for both sides. Um, but just because I'm going to reference what Mark said, because it's Thanksgiving, I feel obligated to root for the Lions. I don't know why, especially being a Steeler fan after we got screwed against the Lions back in 03, I believe. But I, I, I love Matt Stafford, and I always have. And then, you know, when Mark references, you, when you look at the defensive side of things, surprisingly, Detroit's on top. And, um, you know, I – I mean, if the, it all comes down to covering Randall Cobb, if you ask me, because he's been utilized heavily by Deshaun Watson, I think you cover him up a little bit more and you pretty much run Houston into a brick wall. So I'm actually going to take Detroit in this game too. Um, I, I, Thanksgiving, you can't go wrong with uh, voting for Detroit. So hopefully let's see what they do there. JT, hopefully they prove us wrong. Um, <laughs> next one up. Battle of the NFC least. I feel like every week we have to talk about the NFC least at least fucking once, but um, Washington and Dallas, it's a tough competition. I believe both are tied for the division lead um, after the Eagles lost. And then Washington beat Cincinnati and Dallas did Dallas things. Let's see what they did. I honestly forget because I don't care about the Cowboys. Oh, they actually won. Oh, that's right. They beat Kirk, um, but both victorious, both looking for the NFC East. I'll start things off because I, 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 I just feel obligated to say this. Give me the Washington football team. Uh, the name, the name renounced, I really think is, I think they have a lot of true young talent and I think it's now starting to come out. Dallas has been shaky all season long. I'm, I'm going to keep it short and simple. Give me Washington JT. What about you? Man, you, you have got, you have got some nerve. Let me let me tell you that, Jake. I, I love you, man. And picking against Dallas is on Thanksgiving. And honestly, over the past couple of years, you, you wouldn't it, it wouldn't be too crazy in a sense. It's to pick that because the last year they lost to Buffalo. Oh, got swept. At, or yeah, kind of got swept last year, 26-15. In uh lost to Los Angeles in 2017. In the Chargers, 28 to 6 got spanked. But do you know when the last time they won on Thanksgiving was? That was two years ago against Washington. And, and for me, it, it's simple. Well, when it comes down to an NFC rival facing the uh, Cowboys, he's on Thanksgiving. Personally, it, it's simple. Dallas usually has the edge. Edge, except for back in 2014, if you will, against the uh, Eagles oh, a couple times. But the last time the, the Redskins beat the Cowboys was back in 2012 on Thanksgiving. That was eight years ago. Oh, honestly, I'm feeling, feeling a little bit old, but last couple times that they faced off, 
hasn't been going the way for Washington. Honestly, I think Alex Smith is coming off a hell of a week. He winning his first game, huge props to him. And as much as we don't, don't like talking about the NFC East and as much as we rip on them, um, honestly, th- this game is going to be one that has even Giant and Eagle fans on their or edge of their seat. I know my mom, mom and my dad are going to be watching it. My dad's a Giants fan. Mom's a Cowboys fan. I know they're going to be watching it because this game has huge playoff implications. And, and for me, this one, I got to go with if the battle of Andy Dalton against Alex Smith. I got to go with Andy Dalton. And simply because of the fact that Andy Dalton, honestly, he, he's been – Somewhat of a man possessed since coming back and just wanting to prove something. And for Dallas, it's about getting that fourth win. And same thing for Washington. But for Dallas, it's about keeping up with the Giants and the Eagles and just keeping up with the rest of the pack. Right now, if the Eagles didn't have that tie against Cincinnati, everybody in the NFC East would be 3-7. and I wish I was making that stat up. But for Dallas right now, they need to keep up with the Giants in the divisional wins as well. So for this one, I got to go with Dallas. Is I just I don't see Washington performing well on Thanksgiving games. Oh, man, JT, you were buttering me up for another Washington pick. But, I mean, you're right. First of all, I want to say, I, 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 how did you become a Steeler fan when your parents are Giants and, uh, Giants and Cowboys fans? Like, how does that happen? My parents asked the same question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm trying to look here for, yeah, the Eagles play the Seahawks. So, I mean, and that's on a Monday night too. So that's going to be a rough game for the Eagles. Cowboys face, or the Giants face off against the Bengals. So really between this matchup, this could determine who takes the lead in the NFC East. So that's what makes this all the more interesting. And you're right. Andy Dalton has looked stronger since coming off the injured list. Mark, now it's time for you to play peacekeeper here. I'm going Washington, and JT's going uh, D- or Dallas. Who do you got? Listen, I told you guys a couple weeks back, I told you Dallas was going to win this division, and, and this is going to seal the deal here, and this is going to help propel them to win the division. If you didn't have Andy Dalton starting this week, it would be a completely different story. I would say Washington, take them and take them quick. Listen, it's going to be Dallas. You have Andy Dalton back there. This is arguably the biggest game he's going to have in his career. You have their red rifle. The TCU prodigy is playing at home in his home state of Texas at Jerry World at Thanksgiving. This is arguably the biggest game of his career, and this could be a signature moment in his career, beating a Washington team who just came off a really good win, by the way. Let's let's not write that off either. Um, This is really going to be an interesting game that the Cowboys are going to take, thanks to Andy Dalton, the offensive capability, and the weapons that are still there that we cannot forget. You have top 10 talent, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. The question is, again, the Dallas defense, which if you actually look at defensive stats, let me tell you right now, Dallas, we just touched on before, unlike Houston, they actually jumped up a couple places since the last time we touched on them. They're ranked 26th in the NFL. However, Washington is ranked 10th for the defense. So I'm going to give the home field team the advantage. Dallas gets the win. All right. Hey, I mean, it's a safe bet, especially with the NFC East. You really don't know who the hell is going to come out with a win. I mean, as JT said, we're heading into what week 12, week 12 of the NFL season. And the fact that we are, you know, contemplating which team out of a four team division will get their fourth win in week 12. That is goddamn pitiful. But 
I really hope the Washington football team comes out on top, takes a division because that would solidify. I remember I said it earlier, Washington was going to win the division. I said it months ago, but I really hope that prophecy comes true. But enough of the bullshit games. This game right here that we're about to talk about, probably the more interesting of all three in prime time. You got the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers still undefeated, now in double-digit win columns after beating the Jags down in Jacksonville. And uh, they're going to go up against Baltimore, who, lo and behold, a day after losing, gets uh, they're getting themselves into a bit of controversy with COVID-19. Now today, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are out, most likely with COVID-19. So that pretty much leaves Gus Edwards in the backfield for him. Then you got Lamar Jackson all matched up against the Steel Curtain 2.0. JT, I mean, looking at what's going to happen, do you think this game's going to happen? And if so, who do you think is going to win it? Oh, 100% this game's happening. I, it, it, it's no doubt in my mind. It, it never has been, actually, in my my point of view, because this, this is the game that, in my opinion, and I, I honestly, I'm looking at the AFC South standings right now, and this is honestly going to blow everybody's mind. The Ravens are in third place in the division right now, and everybody was saying they were going to keep up with Pittsburgh. Or honestly, last time, last time these two teams faced off, off on Thanksgiving. Obviously, if I were to say last time these two teams faced off, I'd sound like an idiot. It, last time these two teams faced off on. On Thanksgiving seven years ago, it was in 2013. That was after Baltimore had just come off, off their um, after they had just come off their Super Bowl winning in season, and Ray Lewis has retired. They beat Pittsburgh in that game, 22 to 20. That game was in Baltimore. Tides are turned for this one, gentlemen. And tides are turned. Baltimore's two and zero. Oh, when it comes to uh, Thanksgiving games, games they played. Both their games early. They faced San Francisco, won that game, and they faced uh, Pittsburgh, as I stated. It both games low scoring, in a sense, and both games closer than the Ravens would have loved to have seen. For me, it, it's simple. Pittsburgh wants to do as much damage as possible and leave with no doubt that they should be the number one seed and that they can go 16-0 in the playoffs. I've said it before. I will say it again. Ben is coming into these games pissed off. He could not play last season. And, all right. He had a, his shoulder legitimately was torn off the bone on. And I know this sounds like a stop story. It's not. I, all right. I, ben said, I don't want to play another game until I have to, or until I can throw to my wide receivers or throw a legitimate in NFL pass this year, he's been throwing passes and he's been looking better than honestly we've ever seen. In personally, the man's 38. You could have confused me. He, he legitimately could have confused me. He, Pittsburgh beat he Baltimore already this season in Baltimore, 28-24. A lot of people are saying that game's come a little bit, a little bit shaky. Honestly, I say not. Uh, the one thing that's been Insured this season is that when Pittsburgh plays at home, home they make statements. This year's no, di- this week's no different. And if it was in Baltimore, I'd say a it'd be a little bit better. Her, but for me, it's Pittsburgh at home. 
Um, I, I don't see Pittsburgh losing this one. This game's going to be close. Olsen hard-hitting, and a lot of people are going to be talking and shit throughout the game. But I got to go with, oh, with Pittsburgh on this one. How did I know that you were going to pick Pittsburgh? <laughs> but, um, Mark, do you share JT's opinion, or do you have something different? Listen, anytime when we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, I feel like we're already biased two people out of the three on this panel. Um, <laughs> but anyway, listen, I'm not worried about this matchup. What I'm worried about for Pittsburgh's matchup in a couple of weeks, I'm worried about when they face Washington and then in week 17 when they face Cleveland. Those are two matchups I'm worried about for Pittsburgh. But staying this week for this matchup, listen, Pittsburgh Steelers defense is ranked second. Baltimore's is ranked third. You want to talk about a defense that's scary. You want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, Baltimore's defense can be scary as well, and, and, and they have all due respect. They, they can show up any day of the week and get the job done. My main issue is Lamar Jackson. Can he be consistent? Can he actually be a positive and be a continuous driving force throughout the games? Instead of, he's almost been disappearing within these past few games, and he, he just fades off. And, and it's really interesting. We had a discussion a couple of weeks ago about how he was talking to uh, a press reporter after one of the games about how the defenses were calling out their plays. Well, yeah, if a defense sees you enough and they know what plays you're running and they can recognize it, of course they're going to call out your plays. Uh, Pittsburgh's taking the win. JTR pretty much stole, took all the data for me. Pittsburgh easy. All right. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh too. Um, that is if this game actually happens. I actually have a sneaking suspicion this game may not happen. And I know it's a long shot for that to happen. Um, but something really tells me that this contact tracing protocol is going to reveal a lot of in of a lot of people that are ineligible to play. And instead of, you know, doing the sensible thing and calling people up from your practice squad, Goodell and the NFL are just going to run from it and say, we're just going to cancel this game. We don't want to risk spreading it. And considering the Ravens have already had their second outbreak, we don't want to have that issue. Um, but it, it, let's, let's take it from when the game actually happens. I do believe that Pittsburgh is going to win this game. Um, and Mark, yes, I know you addressed it. Two of the three of us are Pittsburgh fans, but I mean, I mean, they already beat, they already did the hard part. They already lost or they already won um, at home against the Ravens a few weeks back or away against the Ravens. I'm getting so mixed up right now, but they are playing at home this week. A lot easier for that. Um, the thing is with me, I think this defense is something different. You could, you know, you could, call out Ben all day saying how well he's been playing call out James Connor for having a really good season and behind or, you know, tailback um, you can compliment the receiving core, but I really think this defense is something different. They pick apart these quarterbacks. They make them hurry their throws. They do basically anything they can to get into their heads and live their rent rent free. Um, yeah. A few weeks, they had a few lapses early on, you know, you couldn't really start off the gate, but they always know how to finish the game. And that's what I like to see. You mentioned how the Washington game is going to be a little bit of a challenge for him. I don't see, I mean, kind of maybe you take it. I think the bills are definitely going to be a big challenge, um, but I see the Steelers not only winning the next four games because they play the Ravens and Washington bills and then the Bengals, and then they play the Colts and Browns to finish out the season. Um, I don't really worry so much for the end of the season, just because we all know week 17 more than likely Tomlin is going to sit uh, the starters and play back backups against the Browns, maybe against the Colts too, depending on how the Colts are doing and whether the Steelers, you know, feel threatened by them or not. Um, but I, I like the way Tomlin's been thinking. He was asked in a press release yesterday about something about the team. And he goes, 
look, the only thing that's perfect about us is our record. He recognizes that not everything is peachy keen. He doesn't try to put up a, a pseudo face for it. He knows when there's problems and he knows he's going to try to fix them, especially on a short week. And it's a short week for both teams. And considering the Ravens had their practice facility closed today, Steelers had that extra time to prepare. Um, and I think they're going to come in ready to play. Whereas the Ravens on top of Harbaugh being a complete dick and, you know, shake, you know, not shaking the hand of Mike Vrabel. Yes. I call that out. I think Pittsburgh has everything in their corner. Um, and especially going forward, I think Pittsburgh is going to win this one rather easily. Now we're going to get to our final segment, um, which is sleepers and busts. However, JT had a very good idea when putting this itinerary together. We are recording an episode later this week, more than likely on Friday, maybe Saturday, regarding Sunday's games. Today, we just dissected the Thanksgiving picks. So JT wanted to, you know, he presented the idea of only doing sleepers and busts for Turkey Day. And I absolutely love that idea. So JT, you thought of it. Let's get some sleepers and busts for Thanksgiving from you, the man who created this idea. Yeah, no, I figured it was a pretty good switch. Pretty good twist. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna start off with uh with my sleeper. Or right. and for me, my my sleeper for Thanksgiving is gonna go ahead. It's it's gonna be Amari Cooper. Or right. and I know or actually no, my fault, my fault. It's actually gonna be CD Lamb. Had a fantastic game a couple of weeks ago. Oh, against uh Pittsburgh. Or right. seven tar uh four receptions for 71 yards. My apologies there. Um, had a fantastic game and really has been one of the missing pieces for uh, for Dallas. And whenever he's targeted a lot, we seem to be talking about Dallas actually performing well. Oh, and another game he performed well oh, against the Giants. Eight receptions, 124 yards. He always seems to be there whenever they face off against uh, division rivals. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb as my, my fantasy sleeper this year. And or for this week. And then for my for my bust, I usually don't pick on quarterbacks, but for this week, I just I have a strange feeling. I'm going with Lamar Jackson. I'm going with Lamar Jackson for my bust this week, simply because of the fact that teams are starting to figure out, out Lamar Jackson. And the thing that they're figuring out about Lamar Jackson, and this is something that I've been wanting to say for a while, is that you have to make Lamar throw. Oh, okay. It's been said for years by many people. I've been in many conversations. I've been in many podcasts, and I've been in many conversations. Jake, you and me have talked about it. The one flaw in Lamar Jackson's game that separates him from Michael Vick, the guy who everybody compares him, Vick could actually throw the ball. Lamar Jackson, and when he throws the ball, he looks confused. He looks like like he doesn't know what he's going to be doing with it. It really, and Mark, you said it best earlier. When you only run two plays in your offense, yeah, everybody's going to be able to tell what you do. Ooh, whether it's, you know, whether your two plays are some random pass play or a quarterback draw and a, uh, uh, or yeah, quarterback draw and a quarterback option. And, and you throw in like one or two who other plays throughout the game. That, that's really it. it teams are going to be figuring it. You out, and honestly, in my opinion, Pittsburgh was one of the first teams to figure it out. They were able to shut down on Lamar Jackson and his run deep and his run game very, very quickly. So this week, he's going against that same defense that's broken him down before. Or Tomlin is definitely going to have his eye on on Lamar Jackson. And the one thing that I definitely enjoy seeing about oh, Mike Tomlin when he plays against the Ravens is that he always has a quarterback spy on 
on Lamar Jackson, making sure he doesn't go anywhere. Somebody always manning the middle of the field, keeping an eye on the receivers, the tight ends, and and on Lamar Jackson to make sure he doesn't go anywhere. And if he does or he makes one step to come forward, boom, meets him right on. So, oh, my bus, like I said, my bus is going to be uh, Lamar Jackson. And, again, just to recap, bus for this week for me, Lamar Jackson. And then my sleeper is going to be C.D. Lamb for Dallas. Interesting pick considering CD's had a very good performance the past few weeks, as you mentioned, especially this past Sunday. Mark, who are your picks for Thanksgiving? All right. Um, I already touched on my, uh, on my, geez, uh, I can't even think of the word, but I want here. Uh, Detroit Lions, I'm taking for my sleeper. I think this is a uh, uh, defense that's going to show up this weekend against a uh, Houston. And I really think that a, a lot of people are underestimating the Detroit defense here. That's going to be my sleeper for this week is Detroit's defense. My bust is going to actually be a wide receiver. However, I'm not going to Dallas. I'm going to Baltimore. It's going to be Hollywood Brown. Listen, over the past four games, Hollywood Brown only has a total of six receptions for 52 yards and one touchdown. And now you're going to tell me all of a sudden now he's going to appear against the Pittsburgh defense, who is absolutely scary. Uh-uh, not happening. Marquise Hollywood Brown, bust this week. Sleeper, the Detroit defense. All right. I like getting the lines in there. And um, that's a very good pick. Um, picks, I should say. Um, my picks this week, I'm going to stick with Detroit for my sleeper. And my bust, I'm going to go to Dallas. My sleeper, actually, I'm going to start with my bust because my sleeper actually comes with a very fun story. Um, my my bust this week, I think, is going to be the, um, the Dallas Cowboy offense. Uh, I'm just going to say that right now in general, um, I wouldn't really trust it only because, you know, Washington, they're just below the Steelers in total yards given up per game. They are limiting opponents to under 200 yards in both the passing and rushing category, rushing being the least with 120.4 uh, yards on the ground per game. And they're only allowing 22.7 points um, to opponents this season. Whereas Dallas is averaging or they give up, you know, they, give up on average 31.8 points. So um, I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboy offense gets stuffed by Chase Young. And I think that, you know, I think the Dallas Cowboys might be a little bit scared because they see how Chase Young treated Joe Burrow and they saw how they treated Joe Burrow and the entire Cincinnati Bengals team. I think they're scared. I think there is a true, there is a true factor of fear in them. So don't expect Cowboys to do much. I think they smell blood in the water um, or Washington smells blood in the water. And I think they're going to do real well. My sleeper. I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. Folks, this comes from the pride of Detroit. The Lions are three and three with Matt Stafford under center on Thanksgiving Day. And this is directly quoted from them. For his individual stats, he's thrown for 1,987 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and only nine interceptions on Thanksgiving Day. And he hasn't thrown an interception on Thanksgiving Day since 2013. So... You're talking nearly seven years of absolute greatness under center on Thanksgiving Day. You know, you you know, as long as Stafford has a good reputation for Thanksgiving Day, I think it's a safe bet. You know, start him maybe, considering Houston's defense struggling only with JJ Watt as their big star. So I'm going to go with Matt Stafford for my sleeper. Uh, don't expect me to say that much often, especially after this week. But Thanksgiving Day is an exception. I'm thankful. I think that the Lions will be thankful and they are thankful to have Matt Stafford under center for Turkey day. And um, all Dallas has to look forward to is just eating some leftover Turkey after their game. So 
that's my fantasy sleeper and bust. Now to our final, final segment. As always, hot takes. JT, I'll hand it over to you to start us off. So I'm actually, I'm going to go ahead and my hot take is just going to be something very, very basic. And I think that honestly, it's me finally throwing my hat into the mix for the NFC East. And I don't think I've done this enough of, or actually, I don't think I've done this all season. And as as much as I've wanted to, as many episodes as we recorded, whether it was for Inside the Three or whichever podcast it may have been, my my hot take for this is going to be simple. I think the New York Giants go ahead and they take the NFC East. East. Don't ask me why, but for whatever reason, the New York Giants have actually decided, you know what, let's go ahead and let's actually look like a football team that can win a a division. And now... You're probably wondering, oh, that's a pretty weak hot take. Hey, well, folks, here, here's the rest of the hot take. Hey, Giants win the division. I didn't say they were going over 500. Hey, that's right. We're going to have a home team in the playoffs offs, hosting a playoff matchup up at home with a below 500 record. So that's my hot take. I got the Giants winning division in and going under 500. Wow. Um, Danny Dimes dropping dropping TDs and JT dropping hot takes. Oh, my God. That would be something interesting to see the Giants not only come off the winning record but win the division as well and go to the playoffs. Mark, hit me with some fire. All righty. Um, just to touch on the uh, NFC Lease while, while we're still on that real quick. After week 11, the NFC East right now is 10-26-1 and one as combined for all four of those teams. That's absolutely disgusting. Oh, 10-26-1. Try saying that. Uh, never would have saw that coming. Anyways, I'm going to do mine a little bit different. I'm not going to go with a hot take. I'm going to go with an unknown. So my unknown is going to be Austin Eckler. Now, granted, this uh, guy got injured uh, for the Chargers running back back in week four. He has 49 uh, attempts on rush for 284 yards and a touchdown. 17 receptions for 144 yards and zero touchdowns. He was averaging 15.6 fancy points per appearance. Um, he's right now rostered by 86, uh, yeah, excuse me, 86 uh, rosters. And he's ranked 50th in the running back rankings. This week, he comes back against the Buffalo defense. And Buffalo is at home for this matchup against the Chargers, where their defense is ranked 20th, averaging 3.9 points for fantasy owners for Buffalo defense. The question is, we know where the Chargers' um, standings are, and, and they have two wins and seven losses. It really doesn't show exactly how talented that team is, especially taking the Chiefs in the o- overtime. There's a lot of stuff with the Chargers where they should actually be, in my opinion, ranked higher. They just had some really bad luck at the end of games. Can Austin Eckler be the turning point for him coming back and actually getting these Chargers a better standing here and getting them a, a potentially uh, to a late playoff push? push excuse me i don't know that's gonna be my unknown and i'm gonna pass it off to you all right thank you very much and that pass got to me quicker or more accurately than a kirk cousins pass did um but (laughs) i'm gonna (laughs) you didn't just chuck it up and say fuck jake's gonna be somewhere out there but um i'm gonna say the tampa bay Buccaneers. they're gonna lose their playoff spot i'm saying that right fucking now hammer it down they're sixth right now they're falling down they lost to the rams we mentioned um, they're going to play the chiefs. I think they're going to lose a game against the Falcons. And I think that the lions can possibly beat them. I mean, they're going to play Detroit on their home turf. 
I think the Suckineers are going to lose their playoff spot, and I'm trying to see who they could possibly get overtaken by in the division. Um, ooh, I'm going to hit you all with some fire. I think the Panthers overtake the Buccaneers and solidify that sixth playoff seed. That's just my spot. That's my hot take. You I, son I, of a bitch. <laughs> you took my hot take for Friday. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. I had it written down. I wasn't thinking for it tonight. I, I was like, maybe I'll just put it down for fr- Friday or whenever we record next this week. Son of a bitch. I was going to take that. I and you took it. <laughs> I don't care. I, I feel bad because I feel like tonight was only supposed to be like hot takes surrounding like Thanksgiving, but I mean, don't we, worry about, it. dude. You know fine. me, I don't care. Yeah, or might fine. as well, well, since I said it, might as well get the cat of the bag. I might as well give mine. Fine. Uh, yeah. So long story short, might as don't mean to cut you off or anything, Jake. Jake, and maybe this will be a seg- segment we turn into on Friday. Hey, who could lead lose their playoff spot in the next couple of weeks? Who knows? But. For me, that that was gonna be my hot take come Friday, but hey, I don't mind. gives me gives me an entire week to think of a brand new one. But uh, like I said, I'm just gonna go ahead. I'm gonna get out. I'm just gonna go out there, and I'm just gonna say it like this: the team that I thought, and I was thinking of this long and hard, was gonna take over for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The team that I think overtakes for the Tampa Bay Bucks is the team that I mentioned earlier. I think the Arizona Cardinals overtake the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's right. That means I think that we get three NFC West teams for the playoffs. The Seahawks win the division, and the Rams and Cardinals take the extra two wildcard spots. I like it. I, I would love to see great representation from the NFC West. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we get an entire week to think of new hot takes, considering I stole yours, but, hey, that's why the old saying, great minds think alike, right? <laughs> but. No, I did just read your phone. I, I hacked your phone and I saw your notes. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, have new we'll have more hot takes and more analysis on Sunday's games on Friday. Everyone, we seriously wish you the best Thanksgiving you can possibly imagine. I mean, it's already great. You got football and food. Uh, it's my personal favorite holiday. I mean, it, it, it can't get any better. Food and football, and then just sleeping around all day with all the trip to fam going through you. It's a fantastic day. And you know, I, along with JT and Mark, we wish you. And we hope that you have the absolute best holiday ever. And um, we will talk to you once again on Friday, probably release the episode Friday night or Saturday during the day. We'll have all the action when it comes to Sunday's games around the NFL. But for JT and Mark, I've been Jake, and you've just gone Inside the Three.